Hello, and welcome to the Humumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown. The podcast where we watch 31 horror movies throughout the hallowed month of October. Ranging from the critically acclaimed to film school projects gone gruesomely awry. And we take them all way too seriously. I'm your host, Mike Hommel. And I'm your host, Sully Hommel. Now warning, we use a ghoulish number of spoilers, so watch the movies first. Second warning, we don't know anything about anything, so don't take us seriously while we take these movies seriously. So today we are going to review Escape Room. The 2019 movie, not as it turns out the two different 2017 Escape Room movies. Didn't Uh, know those existed. I mean, it makes sense that they'd be making more movies about escape rooms as escape rooms themselves become a little more popular. Yes, they have become popular. We've done escape rooms a couple of times. I like them. They're very fun. They are fun. None of our escape rooms involved us being tortured to death, though. Um, wait. No, you're right. (laughs) That didn't happen in the ones we did. That's true. But perhaps we just haven't been doing the right escape rooms. Or we haven't been doing them right. Ooh. Give us a little summary of this movie. Well, it's really simple. A bunch of people are given a, a secret puzzle box that's super hard to open, although it looked to me like it just kind of opened over time, What, no matter what they did, which was really dumb. But I think we were supposed to think they were solving it gradually. Anyway. Except that the 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 pieces were always discovered. One of them, something happened, and the the thing popped out after he had thrown it across the room. Like yeah. it wasn't. That's yeah, why I was like, they it, weren't solving it. it. It's just happening. Yeah, it makes them think they're smart, which makes sense when you know how they were invited to this. Like they were not invited because people thought they were going to be able to solve this puzzle box. Yeah, which is weird because I mean they they all were at least most of them, and not all of them definitely, but most of them were exceptionally smart people who were well suited to solving puzzles. So that's just an amazing coincidence, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that's the point. The puzzle box invited them to go to this escape room, which it turns out is an evil escape room that, you know, tries to kill them and they have to solve the puzzles to escape. Like an escape room. Yeah, like an escape room. Okay, so we have a relatively small cast of characters in this movie. There are essentially six people who are invited to partake in this escape room, which is actually a good-sized escape room party, actually. Yeah, that's not bad. Um, So we have Zoe, who is very shy and very smart. Uh, We have Ben, who is clearly an outcast, kind of grungy-looking, has obviously done something that has made him an outcast in his, like, small-town community. Uh, We have Jason, who is very, very rich. And very Um, confident. Yes. That's making a judgment call about how he feels on the inside, but he is projecting an external <laughs> That's what I was confidence. To. Yes. There's Amanda, who was injured in the line of duty in the military. Mike, who's kind of the redneck. He's a little bit older, not old, but he's a little bit older than the rest of them. And he's, you know, like the redneck, like fisher hunter guy. And then there's Danny, who is the young expert on escape rooms he's done them all and he's like the gamer kid yes his whole backstory is he's done escape rooms a lot (laughs) right he's basically there because the rest of them have never done them and if he weren't there they all would have died in the first room 
That's true. Since we do spoilers, let's get this big spoiler out right away so that we're not dancing around it. This escape room was created by a bunch of rich, evil people who wanted better entertainment, better gambling opportunities. So these rich people have been creating these escape rooms and like populating them with certain people and then betting on who's the last man standing, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, And in this particular escape room, Everybody who's there is the sole survivor of some horrific accident or or problem that happened, right? And there's this whole thing where they kind of torment them by giving little symbols and things in the game that are directly referencing what happened to them. Right. And so they're, you know, as they go along, they're like, wait a minute, that's the jacket that I was stuck on a boat with. And, you know, it's very strange. And it leaves you wondering while you're watching the movie, like, are people doing this? Is this supernatural? Are these Mm -hmm. people already dead? Which is the obvious guess. Oh, I didn't even think of that. (laughs) But yes, I'm surprised I didn't. I kept going, I really hope that's not it. (laughs) (laughs) Because I enjoy that. But the the reason I didn't want them to already be dead is because we we had seen small snippets of their real life. And I'm like, they've got this life. Like, if they had died back in their thing, uh-huh. it'd be stupid that we see them in this fake, you know, life where they're now kind of unhappy. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that that psychological torture element of it was the piece that made this movie more enjoyable to me than I thought it would be. Like, uh-huh. that's what I like in my horror movies. And I sort of thought this was just going to be a gore fest of people trying to get through difficult challenges and dying horrific deaths. Yeah. But no, it was it did a really nice job of kind of showing you each person like discovering clues because they them were the only ones who could interpret the clue because it yeah. was directly from their lives. Like it was that thing of, you know, if you've had the experience, then this is a super easy clue. Uh-huh. And if you haven't, it's an impossible clue. Like Ben being able to figure out that the seven letter word was Rudolph because he saw the reindeer antlers on the wall in the cabin and he knew that they had all been singing the song Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer when this car accident happened. Like, nobody else would have been able to figure that out. Yeah. Although, when he was looking at the antlers, it looked like there were the letters Rudolph under them. No, I think what they were, I think what it was is it was the initial, like, you know, eight tiny reindeer. So each reindeer, each antler thing had the initials of, you know, Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen and all of that. Yeah. That's what I thought it was. I could have been wrong about that. Yeah. They could have figured that out. Yeah. Okay. So. (laughs) Not easily, but. It helped. You know, I say that they couldn't have figured it out, but I'm pretty sure that I knew it was Rudolph and that those were reindeers and that that's what was going on before we had the flashback <laughs> to the song. So I'm much smarter than they are, though. Good job. Yeah. Well, Foamy. oh, that was... Woo-hoo. Let's talk about my huge complaint with this movie. I was so frustrated for like the first half or two thirds of this movie watching these people... You know what? Before they knew it was an evil escape room, when they thought they were just in an escape room and they were not trying at all, (laughs) they were just complaining the whole time. They're like, oh, why are we stuck here? Oh, you really think we have to look for clues? I mean, come on. Like you signed up, you showed up to do an escape room, shut up and start solving things. It was so frustrating. I mean, did they sign up though? Yes. Like they they got an invitation that said, "Come to our escape room." They came to the place and they're like, "I'm here for the escape room." I guess. 
Yeah. Well, what they came for was the $10,000 that they right. were going to get. They were, which they made no effort to get because right. they didn't try. You would think they would have been more motivated to solve the puzzle in order to get that $10,000. A perfect example of, of what you're talking about and what really annoyed me is particularly uh, Jason, who's uh-huh. whose invitation even said, for thinking outside the box, yeah. they were not thinking outside of any boxes. <laughs> no. Like, literally the first puzzle room, they had to hold down these buttons in order to oh, keep... Oh, that was frustrating, yes. In order to keep a door open so that they could get through. But I, but then, like, how are they going to get them all through if they have to keep holding the buttons down? Well, then there was water and glasses, and so they filled the glasses to hold the buttons down. And I'm like, water is just a thing that has mass. Like... Everything in the room has mass. Yeah, and like, right before that, just they put had other heavy things. Everything off the table to get to these buttons. Like, right, all the objects that were on the table. So think about like maybe three or four of those magazines set on top of one of those glasses would have yes. easily done the job. That filling the glass full of water. It was frustrating to watch. It really was. <laughs> yeah, they were they were following the letter of the puzzle set up in a way that, you know, in a real puzzle room, you also have to do because it's clearly a puzzle that is set up in a certain way. And yeah. if you get too creative, you're going to come <laughs> up with the wrong solution, right? That's true. But in this case, they already knew at that point, like they were on the verge of bursting into flames because of how hot the room was. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, stop filling water glasses slowly like just put something heavy on the glass i mean i would have done that in an escape room too though like we need something to hold this down just put some weight on it yeah yeah it was almost like the puzzle makers too were too dumb to think outside the box to be like oh this puzzle is actually a lot easier than it looks like it is yeah yeah, so that that was frustrating. When I originally saw the trailers for this movie, which I wanted to see this movie because we like escape rooms, and mm-hmm. I I knew this was not going to be great. I, it was going to be ridiculous, but I wanted to see it. But when I saw the trailers, it made it look like it wasn't a real escape room. It was like a magic thing, and I was like, "That's kind of dumb," but mm. it was weird because they like you know they go through a door and then they're in this big winter wonderland. But in the movie, you actually find out. I mean, it is really rooms in the building. There's no no magic going on. It's just kind of very advanced. There's just a lot of advanced technology, right? Like this was a huge room that they made very cold and, you know, made it so that it was recreating this winter wonderland space. And even the, you know, there's the hole and the fishing pole, like the the sinker went down so far. Yeah. Like even that was true because it was like a 15-story building. So clearly this room was one of the higher building or higher rooms in the building. And okay, so then they put the fishing line down in the water with this magnet and he reels up this block of ice that's like a foot and a half square yeah you're reeling that up that's like 30 pounds of ice yeah the magnet can hold it and you're not noticing this huge amount of weight that you're trying to yank up and clearly that fishing line was for heavy duty fishing yeah that's serious so where i thought you were gonna go with the (laughs) foot and a half cubed yes this um, gets serious uh block of ice that they had to get the key out of the center is in the middle of a freezing room where they're all cold already. Oh, this made no sense. And a couple of them are wet. (laughs) Like they very quickly managed to melt the ice with their hands. Yes, they just, I mean, just imagine 
putting your hands on a block of ice and holding them there. I've done that many times for different reasons. And after about 10, 20 seconds, I have to take my hand off because that's how much you can handle. And even if it's for survival, okay, Yeah, there's fine. a point where you get frostbite. Let's say that they're going to override that, like, this is uncomfortable, this mm-hmm. is painful, whatever. Your hands are your, like, extreme extremities. They're the things that are going to get cold first. So their hands would have only been melting that ice for maybe the first five minutes. That's true. It does not work that well. If they had just squished it between their bellies, it actually wouldn't hurt as much because I've put ice on my belly. Well, on my back. I'm sure it's okay. They could squish it between their backs because I know it's okay (laughs) on your back. Although they do say don't do it longer than 15 minutes on the instructions. But anyway, they melt it all with their back. Then that's core temperature. Mm -hmm. It's staying there. It's melting it. Everybody's happy. Mm -hmm. But still, long process. Plus, you're keeping everybody close together. So Mm -hmm. you're contributing and not everybody's losing. Like they had one jacket between them, which they were doing a good job of sharing. But they were not being smart about conserving heat as the temperature, like it was 30 degrees when they got into that room. At one point, I saw that it was dropping closer to like, well, it was at zero and it was it was dropping toward 30 below. So they very quickly managed to melt this ice magically with their freezing cold bodies and they get the key out and, you know, this. so they managed to escape that room. The one that seemed magic-y and supernatural to me in the in the um, preview was the one that was upside down. And actually, that was one of my favorite rooms that they were in. Yeah, it, I have a comment on that room, but it was a cool design. Like, I would totally do an escape room that looked like an upside down room. That's really cool. And mm-hmm. if you have to climb, they've never done that in an escape room, I bet. And that's for liability reasons. <laughs> well, none of the escape rooms that we've done, we've done some pretty yeah, we low-key escape rooms. Yeah, we have not done rooms. fancy escape rooms, for sure. But, but it yeah, was a cool room. I liked the fact that they're, you know that you had to be creative about climbing because it wasn't designed for climbing because it was the design upside down, which was cool. I also liked they did a bunch of stuff with the camera work in that room where like there was a whole section where Amanda early on in that room, she gets up high and is like, she's on the underside of the bar, I think. Yeah. And then they did some camera work later where they had, flipped the camera so the room looks like it's right side up and then amanda looks like she's just like hanging defying gravity from underneath the bar and that was all very cool and very disorienting in the fact that like she would move and i'd be like well don't do that you're gonna fall and then i'd have to remind myself oh wait no this is upside down she's not like uh i was it was confusing now the the other thing about that room is the floor starts falling out the floor slash ceiling starts falling out and they're like oh no we're gonna fall to our deaths as far as they can see it's basically a bottomless pit it's probably Mm -hmm. 15 stories drop and they're all like on these little thin ledges around the room and yeah they're scared but they're so calm about it like it drops and they're like okay i'm just gonna shimmy over here standing over this bottomless pit that's not human beings (laughs) like no part of that made sense my fear of heights would have paralyzed me to the point where I've been mm-hmm. like, well, this is the one where I die, guys. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not going to be able to function. I don't know that I could have overridden that terror of falling. Like, I, yeah. I literally become paralyzed. I think I would, too. I mean, it's this whole thing. Like, they're what they're doing is free climbing. And that's something that very few people will do uh-huh. or can do. Like, it's... 
requires great muscles and intense control over your fear. And they're just like, la-di-da, here we go, up this wall. Yeah. Like they're in an escape room. Like they're in an escape room. Can we talk about the fact that before Amanda falls to her death, being the second person to die, um, Mm -hmm. we kind of skipped over Danny, the game guy, who didn't really have any backstory. He falls through the ice in the frozen tundra outside the cabin room and dies. So before Amanda falls to her death, she ends up saving the rest of them by managing to grab the eight ball and get it back to them and she's hanging from the phone cord like the cord yes. between the <laughs> the handle of the phone and the body of the phone and we're talking like an old-timey you know phone that i grew up with that has the <laughs> curly twisty cord yeah, yeah the like the pigtail cord she's hanging from the the cord of the phone yeah so either <laughs> that is the strongest phone cord i have ever seen or she weighs nothing <laughs> <laughs> I, that yeah i mean maybe they planned it you know they know this is an upside down room they're like well let's make sure that cord is strong enough to hold somebody <laughs> and it was like steel wire i don't know yeah that didn't make any sense no it didn't so then they get out of that room and they get to the hospital room where uh-huh. they suddenly all realize and they've been each one individually has been like figuring it out as they go along but they get to the hospital room and it's it's like the recreation of the hospital rooms that each one of them were in after the accident where they were the sole survivor yeah and i was kind of annoyed with myself that i didn't realize that each one of them would have been in a hospital room like it took me a second to be like oh right each one of them because at first i didn't realize that it was a bunch of different rooms i thought i was just looking at the same hospital room from different scenes you know angles yeah that was a moment that was one of those like oh cool moments to me like i enjoyed that reveal And that's another one where it kind of felt like supernatural, like, how could they possibly, you know, these people went in and were like, this is the exact bed and the way it was set up. And, you know, how did they know what that looked like? Obviously, the implication is they had lots of agents who did careful research, Mm -hmm. but how? How could you get that even remotely accurate? Very strange. But it's the whole movie thing of they're rich, therefore they can do anything. Right. In fact, one of my notes early on is that somebody says, rich people are weird. And I'm like, this is the third movie this month that has the overarching theme of rich people are different. Yeah. And I think in 2019, you know, the gap between rich and poor has grown dramatically. Just to be political, our government has driven this big time, like more and more in an exponential way Mm -hmm. to where every year... The rich get insanely richer and the poor just keep getting poorer. And I think everything's breaking down. I think we're reaching a point where the rich truly are different. They're living a different world than the rest of us. And there's problems. And clearly, the people who are not part of that world, they because you can't even fathom what it's like to live like that, then it's so easy to come up with things like, well, they just are able to get information (laughs) about everyone and everything in our lives. And they could easily want to torture us as entertainment. Like that's scarily possible. It, Yeah. And not that this is a new concept. I mean, things like the most dangerous game and, Mm -hmm. you know, Island of Dr. Moreau and those sorts of things have been, that idea has been around for a long time, but I think it's, it's like easier and easier to believe as you see that, 
There are massive numbers of people in our country who are living in tents and being chased out of their tents and being told they're illegal to live in their tents because it upsets the wealthy people with many, many yachts. I'm like, literally, your your yacht could house all of the people you are trying (laughs) to kick off the street in front of your brownstone in New York. Yeah, it's... There's such a divide, it's impossible to really understand it. So it's easy to turn it into something horrific and fictional. Yeah. So then going on, at, at that point, the the four survivors realize what's going, like the, what they have in common, and they actually talk about it. So they each kind of reveal what happened to them, why they're sole survivors. Although when Jason is talking about his accident and how he... um his boat capsized and the other guy that was on the boat went crazy and tried to kill him and then swam off for no reason. Yeah. You know, cause apparently he was hypothermia, you know, he, he had hypothermia and it made him do things that didn't make sense. I listened to him tell that story and I was like, Ooh, yeah, I don't think that's true. I don't yeah. think that's true. Bad guy. But in that hospital room, we lose two more of the contestants. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike dies of a heart attack because Jason tells him that he needs to, be uh, electric. Yeah, he doesn't shocked. really die of a heart attack. He gets electrocuted to death, <laughs> right? With the attempt, and he he allows it to happen yes. because he thinks it's going to save them in a way that I still don't understand. Like I feel like I missed something in that scene because it makes zero sense to me that they kept pushing him to try to get his heart rate higher and higher and higher. Well, the they it would check his heart rate and the machine would go fail, and so he was like, "Well, higher then." Before he Jason realized, was like that. Well, yes. And then interestingly enough, after Mike died, Jason put the machine on himself and was like, you know what? What if I just try being very zen? Yeah. And manages to win by <laughs> getting his heart rate low enough. And I'm like, why was that not? I don't know. I, don't, the, I, I the had trouble with that. The message on that was test your limits. And I guess he tested the high end by killing someone. <laughs> and it was time to test the low end. I guess. At any rate, then we also lose Zoe, the really smart girl, who in that scene had ca- been calling back some of her scientific knowledge about mm-hmm. how atoms that are being observed can't change and she's like they're observing us so we can't change the system at all we can't break out of this and so she goes around and like destroys all the cameras in the room yeah that seemed like a stretch but the idea of smashing the cameras was a good one that should have happened earlier yes but then she succumbs to the what i assume was co2 pumping into the air because that would have connected Mm. danny's story because he his family died of well uh, sorry not co2 c C.O. C.O. Because his family died of carbon monoxide poisoning. He was the only survivor of that. And then they escape into uh, the the two remaining people, Jason and Ben, the rich guy and the outcast, end up in the what I was calling the hallucination room. And at this point, we very much have the... The Jason has been kind of pushing the whole survival of the fittest argument the whole time. Like, he's yeah. like, do what you got to do. Like, if you're not participating, if you're not helping, like, screw you. Um, Whereas Ben clearly doesn't have that, like, self-confidence and sense of power in himself. He's been very hesitant. Yes. And here's something I noticed, which I feel like the movie didn't intend and probably has no relevance at all, but it should have been something smart about the movie. So maybe it is. I don't know. 
the two guys who get to that room, Jason and Ben, are the two out of all of them that are guilty of something. Yes. They are the ones, they're the, they're the sole survivors because they killed other people. Ben, not necessarily intentionally. No, like I think that was he was an accident. He was young. Was he drunk? I think so. He was high, I think. Okay. So he is so impaired at any rate. He's guilty of a crime. Right. Like, he's that's... impaired. He's driving. There's an accident and everybody in the car dies. Yeah. And Jason actually killed someone <laughs> just right. to survive. To survive. To so that he could jacket. get the jacket. <laughs> right. Um, which I sort of thought he was going to do earlier on. Like, he was yeah. weirdly intense about that jacket <laughs> earlier in the um, well, frozen tundra scene, too. So anyway, yes, it's very much the, they are both guilty, and one of them feels perfectly fine about the fact that they survived and the other person didn't, and Ben is racked with guilt. Like, basically, the reason he can't pull his life together is because he is racked with guilt at the fact that he killed these people. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think that should have been something, but I, I don't... I think it was. I don't know. I mean, like, what what does that mean? That everyone else was an innocent who died? Doesn't well, really mean much. I think that thematically it was important to the movie. Like, I think the movie was trying to bring to the forefront this idea of, is survival of the fittest an appropriate way of looking at the world? Like, Jason says at one point, at one point, survival is a choice. Yes, he's got a big thing about that. Yeah. But of course, the truth is, spoilers, <gasps> Zoe was still alive. She's so smart. Because when the when the cleanup crew comes in to get the bodies out of the hospital room, they go in and they see the oxygen mask. And they're like, what was she going to do with that oxygen mask? Which is a <laughs> genius question to ask in a room where poison has been pumped in. <laughs> and she comes up with some clever line about how, I used it to breathe. <laughs> like, Really? Really? See, another example of how the people who created the puzzles just weren't as smart as they thought they were. Yeah. Like, they set up a puzzle that was really difficult unless you managed to think outside the box in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. So so at this point, then, Jason has died because during the fight... So they kind of let Ben off the hook because Ben and Jason right. are fighting over the one antidote to the poison <laughs> yeah. that they get in the hallucination room. And so really, Ben is being forced to make the decision, do I survive? Do I let someone else survive? Like, what do we do? Yeah, which that, there's an interesting part. And Jason has zero compunction <laughs> about it. Like, he's like, that's mine. And and yeah. they get into a fight over it, right? Jason ends up hitting his temple on a corner, which is something that people do in movies a lot. In every movie makes me terrified of corners. Right? And dies. So it's sort of Ben's fault, but also sort of Jason's fault because Ben wouldn't have been, well, yeah, they wouldn't would, have instigated that It's totally that fight. Jason's fault because I think Ben, he picked up the thing and he was like, hey, I found the antidote. And by the time he finished his sentence, he had been tackled. Yeah. So this was all on Jason. Yeah. So anyway, now Jason is dead, but we still have two people alive because Zoe is back. So now yes. we have Zoe and Ben. And Ben is in what I was calling the celebration room. <laughs> yeah. Well, first Ben had to get through the library by himself which we see at the very beginning of the movie okay and then we see again later we do why do we see this at the beginning of the movie i think they wanted us to realize that this like they wanted us to know ahead of time like before the people participating that this is that there was an escape room that was deadly yes which feels weak it is a little weak it's like it's open with a bang and then let's go into the actual story it's sort of like somebody wrote this story and then was told, oh, no, no, no. You have to have action. You have to have like yeah, you the start big with thing. Action. 
within the first two pages of your story, your the first page of your story, or it doesn't, you know, it's not going to work. It's not going to sell. No yeah. one will buy your story unless. And they threw that, like, a prologue in the beginning, which I could have told them is also a no-no. Like, prologues are not Yeah, and it just happen. felt dumb. Like, this movie could have started with them in the waiting room of the escape room and be like, so what are you in here for? Not what are you in here for, but <laughs> <laughs> what brings you here? Why are you here? Introduce them that way, which they did do. They actually, you know, introduced each other and learned who each other were in that scene. We didn't need anything before that. And it would have made the question of whether they were dead already or not a question. Uh-huh. Because I would have been like, well, they don't they just started existing in this escape room. That's interesting. And I think the action would have picked up just fine because yes. relatively quickly <laughs> they realized, oh, this is the first room. It's not just a waiting yeah. room because they broke the handle off the door. It looks like an oven dial. They turn it up to 451 mm-hmm. and immediately the room starts to heat up. I'm like, oh, I'm invested now. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. I just would have made the movie better. Yeah. But I have another issue with that opening scene, which is it is a very intense scene. It's super ten- ten- high tension, but it's high tension in a very unpleasant way. I did not enjoy that scene because he just... None of the rest of the movie is like this. It's just that one scene. He, like, keeps falling down, smashing into tables. Stuff is rolling everywhere. And it's like, I'm totally on edge in a way that I don't want to be. Like, it's not the on edge you are in a normal movie. It's just this, stop. You know what the note that I wrote about that was? What's that? How he feels in that room where he's trying to find the clues yeah. and and it's closing in on him and the time is running out and he's going to die. That's how I feel trying to do an escape room. Oh, that's interesting because what I was thinking was it made me feel the kind of tension of just like just parts of my life where things are too intense and I'm really unhappy with it. Like I can't handle all the pressure coming at me at once. And it's, it was, it was supposed to be recreating that idea of like the panic attack or the, you know, that's what it felt like. It felt like a panic attack watching that scene, which in a way is a testament to the filmmakers. Good job making it a tense scene, but I've seen a lot of tense scenes and usually they don't feel icky. (laughs) I didn't like how I felt watching this scene. That's interesting. Yeah. I do feel like that means that they did a good job. Like that was Maybe, what they were trying to do there. But it, it, it kind of reminds me of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which did such a great job of making everything feel unpleasant. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't feel good to feel unpleasant. Yeah. I'm not sure how it works, though, in terms of then we get back to this scene where he's back in the library and he's, you know, (laughs) he's the sole survivor. He's trying to get through that. And I had already felt the tension. So I kind of didn't pay attention to that scene the second time around. I'm like, oh, well, I already know what happens. And so then when he escaped from it, I was like, oh, wait, wait, he got out. What? (laughs) Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, you didn't even pay attention. <laughs> no, I didn't care. I mean, because they, they had already used up my caring for that yeah, scene. They didn't repeat the whole scene. They just showed kind of a little snippets of it, and then the end where you think he's about to be smushed, but he yeah. gets out. So he does get out, and it's revealed. You know, there's that whole scene of the bad guys spending way too much time explaining themselves. <laughs> yep, that's a classic. Which gives Zoe the opportunity to come back. And Ben and Zoe together managed to defeat 
the game master who was there kind of representing all the evil rich people who were trying to kill them and explaining to the audience what the heck was going on. Like, why does this exist? Yeah, that could have been less heavy handed. However, Mm -hmm. it wasn't nearly as heavy handed as the actual ending of the movie when they decide, first of all, what there's coordinates in the logo of the company that tell you exactly where they are what that nobody else <laughs> happened to ever notice but anyway zoe and ben decide they're gonna go there and they got plane tickets for it two weeks in advance don't know why they waited but okay there's, they had to take time off work and everything so <laughs> it was complicated so in two weeks they're gonna go which gives the company two weeks to plan a simulation of an escape room on an airplane yeah in order to kill them except well i guess that was that was what they They said was yeah they've got to have a chance to survive or it's not a game and whatever right i have another issue with that scene though i have no (laughs) end of issues with the escape room on a plane my biggest issue is it's it's shown to us like it's really happening. Like, oh, no, here are some other people in an escape room. Yes. Then we discover it's just a test. They're, pra- they're practicing the room. But the people who were running the escape room, the two people we see trying to solve the puzzles, clearly this isn't their first time. They run through it regularly and they're working on it. What's the point of that? How do you test a puzzle with people who know the puzzle? Right? I'm like, how is it possible that you didn't find that bag fast enough (laughs) to save yourself because you clearly knew every step you had to take? I'm like, "Uh, no. Yeah, that was so weird. Also, I'm intrigued by the idea of an escape room in the sky in a plane that's crashing. Like, there's there's that. (laughs) I don't like that idea. (laughs) I mean, no, no, no. I don't want to partake in that escape room. I just think, like, it's a good next logical step for these evil people who are setting them up. Sure. The thing is, that plane, like, there are two participants, right? (laughs) That plane is filled full of other people who were all just sitting in their seats, not getting in the way. While these people tried to solve this escape puzzle while they were all on the verge of death. I'm like, that's not how that would happen. Oh, yeah, that's how people are. They just sit there. I mean, if Zoe and Ben are just like, oh, no, we know what's going on. Hold on. Let us just, (laughs) everyone stay calm. Let us figure this out. Don't bother helping us either. With a red X. (laughs) And solve this riddle. Don't ask the hundred people with you what the answer to the riddle might be. (laughs) Right. But you know they deplaned first class before they took off. Well, I'm sure there's nobody. Yeah, there was no first class. First class on that plane was filled full of people, of of non-rev flyers who had been upgraded. (laughs) Yeah. They had a way to make sure they were all safe. Yeah, yeah. So that was Dr. Wu Tan Yu who was behind all this. And in another way of beating us over the head, there was some graffiti on the wall that said no way out, and she figured out in her head, oh my gosh, that's an anagram of Wu-Tan Yu, which, people, let me show you my notes here. I'm pointing it at the microphone. About a third of the way through the movie, I wrote down Wu-Tan Yu and started correct, started uh-huh. anagramizing it. First thing I came up with was, you won, ta, which <laughs> was, that's a pretty good one. That's that's a, a much friendlier, like, here's your $10,000, exactly. congrats. And then I had out, because I could tell out was part of it. Then So it was out, Wanyo, which 
I don't know what that means, so I, I was no good. Then I had on way out, which kind of makes sense. You're on the way out. Then I realized, oh, no way out. So you solved that puzzle long before they did. I did. But what I didn't do was while solving it, I didn't magically make the letters of the graffiti float <laughs> through the air so that the audience could see the correct answer. Yeah. Which was obnoxious and dumb. I sort of feel like this movie was a movie about smart people, yes. but it wasn't made by exceptionally smart people or for Definitely exceptionally smart people. Definitely not for. It's a real mass market kind of movie. Yeah. And it was, and it's funny because like the puzzles they did, I mean, a lot of them were really dumb, weird death traps, but peppered throughout were a whole bunch of real escape room puzzles that mm -hmm. were interesting and kind of fun. I don't know if they're really that interesting to watch people solve, but it looked like it would have been fun to work on those puzzles. Yeah. Ratings. So it it's going to seem from how much I bagged on this movie that I didn't like it. I, I know people are going to expect me to give it a low rating because there was a lot about it that was like, Eh, this could have been done better. Uh -huh. The thing is, though, it was entertaining and it ticked the right boxes for me in the in how they they kind of dripped in clues about their yeah. past lives and what brought them there and like there it satisfies me on a very like deep <laughs> in my chest level when you know so one of the characters is is holding a compass and then later we get a flashback where they're looking at the exact same compass and i can be like oh, i made a connection i'm smart like yeah. this movie gave me lots of opportunity to feel smart it's like and solving an escape room it is and i really i i i jive on that feeling so as much as it was kind of a dumb movie, it also was really enjoyable for me to watch it. Good. So I felt like it was hard to get you to watch it. <laughs> it was. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. I enjoyed this movie way more than I expected to. Yeah. So I'm going to give it three and a half ice cubes out of five. Okay. As soon as I saw this movie show up on Amazon, I'm like, oh, hey, this is available to watch i wanted to see this and i just kept saying that should be our movie and no it never was the very first note i have written down is mikey was desperate to see this movie <laughs> desperate <laughs> even though i knew going in that it wasn't a good movie like i was assuming it wasn't good i thought it was going to be well i don't know if less good than it was but i thought it was going to be more ridiculous than it was i really mm. like one of the things i like about it is that this was a legitimate semi-legitimate escape room like there wasn't a lot of magic going on like this could happen it would cost a lot of money but they had a lot of money mm -hmm. so okay this the is a thing you could weak, do yeah some of them but yeah, yeah. but the thing that got me the most was just I was so frustrated with these people being in this escape room that's supposed to give them a $10,000 prize if they win and not even trying to win. Like that just drove me up the wall for the whole first room and like half the second room. It took them forever to start caring in any way. Yeah. Basically, it took until somebody died, and then they're like, oh, well, I guess we don't want to die. And like, well, didn't you also want $10,000? I'm so confused why you're here. So given all of that, kind of good, kind of bad, kind of in between, definitely different than other movies I've seen, which was, it was a fun experience. I think I will give this, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to go crazy and give it 
also three and a half ice cubes out of five. We got that half off by rubbing our hands on it, which, <laughs> by the way, they never did. They didn't rub their hands. No, on they it. just set them. Just think how much faster they could have done it. They could have done it in less than a day. <laughs> No idea why it melted so fast. What a dumb ice cube. Because it had to for the story. Like, it was one of those things where I'm like, oh, they didn't think this through when they created this situation. (laughs) And then rather than go back and change it and rewrite it, they were just like, well, it's fine. No one will notice. The thing is, we watched uh, one of those terrible shows, Temptation Island, Bachelor Love in Paradise. (laughs) Don't admit that to people whatever yeah and they had to do that there was a there was a key in a block of ice the block of ice was like an inch thick maybe maybe a quarter inch from the key to the top of the ice and they were on a tropical island and they were out in the sun and they were just rubbing back and forth on it like crazy and it was like 15 20 30 minutes before they could actually get to that key yes so i've seen the reality on a reality tv show so nice try escape room three and a half ice cubes <laughs> out of 5 oh i i'm i've never seen you so passionate about a movie before <laughs> i'm it's interesting what this movie has done to you i was passionate about seeing it too I know. It's very interesting. All right. Well, that is the end of this escape room review. We can escape from this situation. And get into another one. And get into another one tomorrow. Halo Play Nephew, everybody.